A Czech news crew was robbed in San Francisco. The U.S. and China put limits on AI use in weapons. AI weather forecasting is more accurate than current technology. New York is monitoring your social media accounts. Nikki Haley wants to de-anonymize social media and a whole lot more on today's Random Thoughts. Hello and welcome to episode number 253 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. You can spell that R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. And on today's show, a bunch of stories that seem to revolve around the internet and AI and those kind of things. The kind of time we missed that AI.cooking podcast that comic strip blogger and Gregory William Forsyth Foreman were doing because AI is everywhere and it can do a lot of things, but there seems to be a lot of misconceptions about exactly what it can and can't do. But one of the big stories came out of this little get together that's going on in San Francisco where the leader of China, President Xi, came in. I thought it was interesting. As we talked about in the past, San Francisco, not having a great time of it. There's a lot of homeless people, a lot of drug abusers on the streets of San Francisco, literally all over the place. And it was predicted that when this little summit was going to happen in San Francisco, magically the authorities were going to swoop in and clean all of the undesirables out. Exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. It's amazing when you can see that the incompetent governments that have been allowing these things to happen with all of the drug abusers, all of the homeless encampments, that they were allowing it. Because when they need to, when the president of China is coming in, can't have things looking bad for that guy, I guess. But not everybody was spared this. A Czechoslovakian television crew was robbed at gunpoint in San Francisco. So they're getting the full San Francisco experience. This is what happens when you have district attorneys that do not want to prosecute criminals, crime goes up. On the same wavelength of that, there was an article I saw today where crime in the city of Chicago is up 60% from where it was right before COVID hit. And somehow the Cook County jail system a notorious jail system, now at a 40-year low occupancy. So crime is up, but there are less criminals in jail. What does that tell you? 
I know there's a lot of people out there who didn't study these kind of things, but common sense should be able to tell you exactly what is happening in Chicago, what is happening in San Francisco. When you refuse to punish the criminals, the crime rates are going to go up. Now, this Czechoslovakian TV journalist, I shouldn't even attempt his name, Bo Humil Vostal, this from an off-the-press little uh, point-by-point. They look at articles. They're not an AI, I don't think. Maybe they are. And then they give you the bullet points on them and then give you a link to the full article, which I think is the way news is going to go as we move on. But it says he found himself in a tense situation as he aimed to capture a very striking scene for the Czechoslovakian television audience. He wanted to get a shot of the renowned City Lights bookstore in San Francisco immersed in the dimming twilight. I think they call that the golden hour. It's beautiful. Unfortunately, he and his cameramen fell victim to a few assailants, three of them masked, wielding guns that popped out of a vehicle about 5 p.m. on Columbus Avenue in San Francisco and took the approximately $18,000 worth of television equipment along with all the footage that they had shot throughout that day with them. This that says even though there was heightened security around because of the APEC summit again, President Xi, President Biden, 21 economy leaders, including Biden and Xi, are attending this, but that didn't stop the Czechoslovakian. Poor television people out there with their cameras, their expensive cameras, doing their job. When a bunch of people just get out of a car and rob them. Not surprising. I mean, they're lucky they didn't get killed, but not surprising at all. And the unfortunate thing, if the Czechoslovakian journalists are listening, if those people are caught, They're never going to see the inside of a jail cell for stealing your camera equipment. No, not going to happen. Not going to happen because here in the United States, we believe the only fair thing to do is not punish criminals because they're only criminals because of the system. The system is against them. The system is systemically racist. Ergo. It's the system's fault, not their fault, so they can't put them in jail for committing the crimes that they commit. It's a crazy thing, but exactly what is happening. Now, at this little summit, there's some hubbub going on about this, and both sides like to scream and yell as they do. This also from off the press, Biden is to meet with Chinese President Xi Jinping on Wednesday at the Asian Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit in San Francisco, where the two leaders are expected to sign an agreement to limit artificial intelligence use in military applications. This was from a report from Business Insider. It said that Biden and Xi will agree to limit the AI use in the systems that control and deploy nuclear weapons as well as the technology's use in any autonomous weapon systems such as drones. I mean, there's a couple things funny going on here. One was one of the talking heads 
I mean, not the band. Again, just one of these idiots that's always on television commenting on this was like, oh, my goodness, how could they do a buy all their we're idiots? How, I mean, the, how do we China's never going to actually do this? China's not going to comply with this. How do we know if they're actually complying? And I would ask the same question from the other side. Do you really think the United States is going to comply? How do you know? Unless you somehow capture one of their drones or something like that. But even then, how do you know? Do we really think China is going to comply? Probably not, but I don't think the United States is going to comply either. The people from Fox News on the right, of course, Biden caves to Chi because we're way ahead in the AI. So how dare we take the AI off the table? And to that, I think we again have a lot of people who don't understand what artificial intelligence can actually do. And anybody that thinks the AI is at the level of readiness to put it into systems that can take human life may want to go back and do a little bit more research. So I don't really think this is Biden caving. I mean, he's done a lot of stupid things in his presidency. But when it comes to AI, and I'm like, wait, did everybody forget that there was this movie? And you probably have because it was out in the 80s called War Games. One of the first things Matthew Broderick was in, Ali Sheedy. And the whole concept of this was a computer system was tricked into thinking World War III had started. It did not know that it was running a simulation. It was treating it as though it was legitimately happening. And this system had access to the nuclear missiles. So this was the whole concept. Back in the day, you needed two guys or gals down under in the silos, and they each needed to put a key in. They both needed to be turned at the same time. It was a fail-safe to make sure that none of these nuclear weapons were deployed when they shouldn't be. The concept was, well, we don't need that. We have computer technology now. Except the computer was then tricked. It's a great movie. It holds up, even though it was made for kids overall. It holds up, and it's a lot less schlocky than some of the stuff that's made today. The concept, absolutely the same thing, which is what happens if you give a computer system control of something like the ability to launch nuclear missiles. What happens? When something goes wrong, we all know there are glitches to computer systems. Things happen for no apparent reason. The coding has bugs in it because it's written, well, up until this point, it had been written by people. But now, of course, you have AIs that can write the code as well. But if there's a buggy system, something goes wrong, do you really want an AI? to be in charge of who's going to get whacked, who is going to die. AI does a few things really well. It can look at patterns and make predictions based upon those patterns. And it can make pretty artwork and all that, but it's not really a thinking system. It is looking for other use cases, it's looking for what has happened in the past, and it is trying to 
make a prediction. It is taking a lot of data and trying to spit out what would be the best answer. So if you ask an AI, like, well, how do I make an omelet? Well, if you know anything about cooking, there's a lot of different chefs that will swear to you that eggs are one of the hardest things to master. I mean, the easiest thing, almost anybody can do it. Crack an egg into a frying pan and fry an egg. Now, there's a lot of cooking techniques that revolve around eggs that take years, if not more, of learning and practice. And it's a very interesting thing. When you look at, well, how do you make an omelet? Well, there's various ways. So there's not one specifically right answer. Now, when it comes to an AI and the question is, well, should we bomb this group of people that we see down below us? I mean, I'm hoping there's only one answer and I'm hoping the accuracy is 100%, but I'm not sure we really want to go to that level. They are not changing anything about using artificial intelligence in any other weapon systems. So, I mean, if you want to go and scan an area, if you want to go gather intel, AI is great. So if you want to use it to go find, you know, Osama bin Laden back in the day, if you had the drone technology, you could program it with, hey, look, this is Osama bin Laden. This is what he looks like. So then the drones go flying around and everybody they see, it's very much like person of interest. If you watch that show back in the day too, with Jim Caviezel, and it wasn't that long ago. But it's a similar thing where that's always looking every camera you pass. It's like, well, does this match this guy? Does this match this guy? And if the system says, yes, it matches. The difference here is for the people that want the AI involved in the killing portion of this would be like, hey, well, if you're the drone and you say, hey, this is Osama bin Laden, I think it's great if you blow that guy's head off. Now, the drone might be wrong because, again, It's computer code. What is going on right now and is still going to be done is that drone says, hey, 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 I think I got Bin Laden. An actual human being is going to have to verify the data before engaging the kill switch. I mean, it could be the same drone, but you're just not using the AI to engage the kill switch. And again, I don't think that's that bad of an idea. Do I believe China will adhere to the rules? No. Do I believe our government in the United States will adhere to the rules? No, I do not. But again, I don't think it's a good idea to use artificial intelligence at this point in the game for those kinds of things. Now, one thing it can do is predict the weather, which is great because everybody that's ever tried to predict the weather seemingly gets it wrong. This is a relatively new system, I believe. Google's DeepMind, which has come up with a new way of deciding what the weather is going to be. It says it can predict the weather 10 days ahead more accurately than any of the current state-of-the-art simulations, which, again, isn't hard to believe. I can't tell you how many times that I've looked at the weather forecast like, oh, wow, it's going to be like 80 degrees on Wednesday and Wednesday shows up and it's like 65 and rainy. They don't know. It's a good guess, but they don't know. They're using now current 
mathematical models. It says they use things like physics and powerful supercomputers to deterministically. Well, that's a big word. Bandrew, can you say deterministically? I mean, why would I even try? Predict what will happen in the future. These models have slowly become more accurate by adding finer detail, which in turn, of course, requires more computation and therefore even more powerful computers and higher energy demands. Now, what the AI is doing, it knows nothing about predicting the weather, which is hilarious because it's doing a better job. But it knows nothing about predicting the weather what this Google DeepMind artificial intelligence has rather than being given mathematical models and physics and everything about how weather works. It has been programmed with four decades worth of historical weather data from satellites, radar, and ground measurements. And it is able to identify the patterns I mean, even people that put these things together have no idea how it works. It's a machine learning AI model. It's not easy to interpret how the model works, says one of the people who works on the systems. But this is where the AIs truly excel is they look for patterns and go, well, if this happens, this is going to happen. They're not using any concrete reason beyond, well, this is how it's happened before, which you can make the case. If it's happened before, there's a good chance it's going to happen again. But rather than trying to understand the weather and then predict it, it's just going by previous data and saying, well, in the past, when this happened, then this happened. And it's using that to predict. And as of this point, it's been a more accurate system than using the mathematical models which use physics and supercomputers. So this is something the AI does very well. They take existing data and it parses it in a way that makes it a lot more usable. I noticed this on Amazon. Christmas is coming. A lot of people are going to be turning to Amazon to buy gifts. And there's a lot of things that you don't really know if it's going to be a good product or not. So you look at the reviews. And I've discussed this at length, being somebody who once got a lot of free products to do Amazon reviews and all the people that argue that if you get free products, you can't do a good review. And we know there's a lot of illicit bot farms out there that if you have an Amazon product and you pay them a few bucks, they'll make sure your product gets a lot of reviews where an Amazon has tried to mitigate these things by like making sure if you are on an account that actually bought the product that gets tagged in a certain way, which makes sense. You can't have a bunch of people coming and leaving reviews that didn't buy it through Amazon. But when I went to Amazon the other day, I noticed the before the reviews, and I don't know how long this has been in existence, but before the reviews start, there's a little paragraph or so, a little blurb clearly marked that what you're about to read has been generated with artificial intelligence. But what Amazon is doing to come up with this little summary blurb is using an AI model 
that looks at all of the text. I don't know if it's taking any of the video or photos or anything into account as of yet. It will at some point. But right now, probably just the text of the reviews and it's parsing it. It's giving a summary. So if there's 10,000 reviews on a product, the Amazon system, the AI has no problem reading every one of those reviews and then picking out things like, wow, a lot of people point out that they really like the how wearability, you know, the wearability that it's not going to wear out. They like the color. They like the coding. They don't like X, Y, and Z. So it looks for patterns in the reviews and tries to give a summary that will save people a lot of time. Again, if you believe all these things, but if it's working right, it should be able to help you instead of going through and having to read a hundred reviews. At some point, you should be able to just read that summary and glean almost everything that you would really need to learn reading review after review after reviews. Because a lot of times the reviews are going to be very similar, whether they're positive or negative. If there's a certain part of a product that constantly fails, you know, if you're buying a fishing pole and the, well, the reel, which would be a different thing. If you're buying a fishing reel and it constantly fails, well, then, you know, that would show up in the reviews that something is always breaking. Some part is always breaking. But that is where AI excels. Being able to look at data and extract usable information out of it. It's not thinking. It's just looking for patterns, just the way it is to do the weather forecasting. It's looking for patterns and guessing that those patterns, the things that it finds that are the same, are important and thus it will tell you about it. The Amazon thing. I think it's a pretty good use for the AI. Again, much better than putting it into the nuclear silos or into drones that are able to kill people and be like, well, no, just use your best judgment. We're not quite there. But as far as monitoring things that are going on, wow, New York, this is becoming 1984 over and over again. I mean, War Games was good, but you should also read 1984 and then go watch War Games. You'll have a lot of information. New York has been monitoring the social media of the people that live in New York and obviously people outside of New York. Governor Hochul of New York says, quote, we have launched an effort to be able to counter some of the negativity and reach out to people when we see hate speech being spoken about on online platforms, end quote. This is so 1984. According to Governor Hochul, the state is running what they call, quote, a surveillance effort, end quote, to monitor the social media posts of New Yorkers in order to counter negativity and hate speech. Now, what is hate speech? That's a really good question at this point. Who gets to define? what hate speech is who gets to define what negativity is is saying that bidenomics sucks is that negativity is that hate speech who gets to decide the governor claims that new york is collecting this data from social media because of a rise 
and anti-Semitic attacks. So this seems like a very knee-jerk reaction kind of thing, and I believe this has been going on for a long, long time. Rahm Emanuel said, never let a good tragedy go to waste, and I think that's what they're doing here. Like, hey, we've been doing this, but now this whole Israel-Hamas thing, well, we can use that as the reason why, and everybody will be like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. The governor insists that no New Yorker, quote, should feel they have to hide any indications of what their religious beliefs are, end quote. Again, making the tie to Israel and Palestine. Now, I'm going to question the governor. A lot of people that say killing babies is bad would be showing an indication of their religious beliefs, but you would also consider that hate speech on the left. That's hate speech. How dare people not want women to have reproductive rights? I mean, just renaming killing babies reproductive rights does not make it any less hate speech, Governor. And this is very concerning. The monitoring of what people are saying online and tracking them very 1984. It's obviously a lot easier to do online than back before the internet, where if you just walked into a restaurant or a bar or a ballpark and you just spewed crazy stuff, it was a lot harder to track you and a lot harder to know who you were. There wasn't that immediate, we want to track, we want to know. You don't have to stand up when you're bitching about the government in your local bar and be like, hello, my name's Darren O'Neill. And then start your little diatribe. No, but that seems to be what Nikki Haley wants. Yeah. Running for the presidential slot for the Republican party. Nikki Haley wants to get rid of anonymous social media, which besides the Herculean task to try to make this happen and how much it would cost countries and how much of a pain in the behind it would be. Again, Ms. Haley, we have a worldwide internet. I don't know if people understand this. Politicians, especially Nikki Haley, does not seem to be the brightest bulb in the bunch. But again, like Governor Hochul, who's on the other side of the aisle from Ms. Haley, Nikki Haley says, quote, anti-Semitism was always bubbling underneath the surface, but now we're seeing this massive exaggeration of it. But no one is talking about why, end quote. No, I think a lot of people are talking about why. But that doesn't mean you take away everybody's freedom of expression and the ability to speak freely online. She says, quote, the truth is, If you look at social media, the misinformation and the dramatic sides of social media are instigating this. That she's not wrong about, that you have the dramatic sides. There are the extremes on both sides. Who those people are, I'm not sure. But she goes on to say it is being pushed by Russia, China, Iran and North Korea, end quote. It's being done by a lot more than that, ma'am. Being done by a lot of American citizens. The concept that these are all Russian bots 
or Chinese bots that are stirring up all of this stuff online. Really not true. But there is something to be said for trying to identify what those accounts are. But then we also go right back to not teaching our children how to think. Because if people could think, then it really wouldn't matter if there were a bunch of Russian bots, Chinese bots, Iranian and North Korean bots on X or wherever you are online spewing whatever they want to spew. You have the right as an American citizen to say whatever you want. That's part of freedom. You either have freedom of speech or you do not. There is nothing in between. And there's been nothing that says you have to first identify who you are. We have to know exactly who you are for you to have that freedom of speech. No, that is not the case. This is a very similar thing to what's going on with guns, but that's another rabbit hole that we can get into at another time. Nikki Haley continues, quote, when I get into office, oh my God, I hope that doesn't happen. The first thing we have to do, social media companies have to show America their algorithms. Well, you think America would know what those algorithms really do, Ms. Haley? I know you wouldn't. I know I wouldn't. I know there's a few programmers out there who probably would, but for the vast majority of people, being shown an algorithm is not really going to help much. She goes on, quote, let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing, end quote. I don't know how many times it has to go over the same thing. They push whatever keeps people on their device. They pushes whatever keeps people on their platform. That's the whole concept of everything. That's the concept of every news network. They benefit if you watch more. Every television network benefits from being able to sell more ads, making more money by you watching more. Every radio station benefits by you listening longer again, to hear more commercials. Social media are no different because they make their money via ads. So the longer TikTok can keep you on TikTok, the more money they can make. The longer Instagram keeps you on Instagram, the more money they make. The more Elon can keep you on X, the more money Elon can make. It's one of the reasons so many people choose to consume shows like the one I'm doing right here that are based on the value for value model because you're not getting any advertisements. You're not getting any corporate interest. Social media, that's all they are, Ms. Haley. So if you want to know why they're pushing what they're pushing, it's because they've realized what keeps people engaged the longest and angering people seems to be a really good way to keep them on the platform longer than if they're just happy go lucky they're like well maybe i'll go out and take a walk but if they're pissed off they're gonna stick around they're gonna want to find more people that agree with them or they're gonna want to post content that really sticks it to the other people having online arguments i used to do it back in the day very rarely now because there's never a good reason to do it you're not going to convince the other person of anything even if you're like haha they walked right into my trap. I have all of the information that will show them for the morons that they are. And then you post it and then they're 
just say something completely idiotic that has nothing to do with anything and you're right back where you started. So there's a big tip on the day. Do not get into arguments with trolls online. Ms. Haley continued saying the second thing, every person on social media should be verified by their name. Wow. I'm going to continue here. First of all, she says, that's a national security threat. What? It's a national security threat that people have anonymity online? Again, do we have people making national security decisions? Do the people with the new codes, are they reading Twitter and going, hey, hey, wait a minute. Here on Twitter, it says Vladimir pushed the button. I guess we should, huh? If so, we're all so screwed. So very, very screwed. It's not going to go well. Nikki Haley thinks it's a national security threat that people have the ability to speak anonymously. You know, the way they always have. The way they always have. Yeah, it's a different megaphone. Using the internet is a different megaphone. And the people can now originate anywhere, which is why this is a farce that Nikki Haley thinks you're going to be able to do anything like this. But she says, quote, when you do that, so when you have people that identify themselves by name, she says, people have to stand by what they say, and it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots, and the Chinese bots. And then you're going to get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say, end quote. I don't totally disagree with the concept that if you had a social media platform where everybody had to be identified and, you know, you had their information right there, probably had their contact information for their boss or the company they work for, because you know how it is. If somebody says something you don't like online, the first thing you do is you try to track down who they work for and go, hey, I don't like what this guy says. Fire him. Fire him. That's what the mob does online. But I agree that for people that do stand by who they are online, and there's a lot of us that have been doing this for years. I've said it a few times. If I would have known now, what I know now back then would have probably come up with a better name to use online than my own name. But it's always been the way it has been. I've always used my own name. I'm the dummy. But I can see where people, once their name is attached to things, may not use the same kind of vitriol. Some might because they'd go freedom of speech. What are you going to do about it? But then it also limits the ability for whistleblowers, people that may have information that would be dangerous for them to release under their name. And again, this is about the technology long being out of the bag the genie being out of the bottle that there are going to be anonymous places for people to post things online. And Nikki Haley, I mean, you could start your own. Trump's got his own social media. You could start your own social media and be like, I want to be the social media that verifies everybody by a government ID. And it may be a beautiful place that people can have communications, but there's always going to be other places that have a lot more people involved because anybody can post the internet is not for the weak of heart 
The internet is not for people who are too stupid to understand that people are trying to scam them, including the politicians they elected. People are lying to them again, including the politicians they elected. And a lot of people just want to separate you from your money or make you mad as a form of sport. That's what the internet is. It's not going to change anytime soon. And I don't think a world where everybody online has to be verified by a government ID before they can even log in. Don't necessarily think that's a good thing. I think that would backfire in so many different ways. Besides the fact that it's nearly impossible to pull off. I love when politicians come up with ideas. Like, you know, it would be great if we could just get all the guns off the streets. Well, how are you going to do that? <laughs> I don't know that part. I mean, I was just saying it would be great if we could. I mean, can't we just write a law? No, no, you cannot. This is where the lack of common sense in our political system really is an issue. And Nikki Haley blaming the bots. It's not all the bots. It's homegrown as well. Now, when it comes to TikTok, something I hear that a Nikki Haley lets her daughter use. Wow, she didn't like that when Vivek pointed that one out. She lets her daughter use the TikToks, I guess. TikToks for me are perhaps slightly more dangerous than the other social media just for the fact that I think I trust the government of China, who is part of TikTok. I mean, they're, they're intertwined at the very least. But I think I trust the government of China slightly less than I trust Meta and X and all the social media here in the United States. So, I mean, I think a little less. I think there's a greater possibility that China would intentionally push certain messaging on the youth of America in order to benefit themselves. And benefiting China doesn't always benefit the United States. And that is where the TikTok thing really comes in, being that it's owned by a foreign government, makes it a little bit different, but not entirely different. If you don't think the companies here are doing the same damn thing for their own nefarious reasons, then you're kind of missing out. Again, they're all doing one thing. They're trying to keep your attention in order to make money. If you let them have your attention, they're winning, which is why the best thing you can do is spend a little less time. I know a lot of people are addicted to it, but spend a little less time. Wean yourself off of the social media. And the next time somebody pisses you off before you engage, ask, what's it going to do? What is it going to do to engage? Is it really going to forward some kind of argument? Probably not. And just ask, this could be, maybe this is a foreign government. Maybe this is a foreign bot farm just trying to get you riled up and you're just falling for it. And for the people that actually get their news from social media, wow. Wow, I, what are you thinking? You're not thinking. That's what I'm thinking. You're thinking is you're not thinking. There have been a bunch of articles on AI and this new Beatles track. I talked about it on a previous episode. And I just want to make a point again. This just shows you how 
little people understand AI, including the people that are writing the articles for all of these websites and news organizations that are making out that, oh, no, their Beatles are going too far down the slippery slope. They're using AI to create new music. That is not what happened here. They used a machine learning algorithm, sure, close to an AI, or you can say it is an AI, to take a recording of John Lennon with the piano singing, and it was able to go, oh, we can separate this audio. Here's John Lennon's voice. Here is the piano. Here's everything else going on. And it is able to separate those so that they were able to use John Lennon's voice on the track that they just released called Now and Then. This is not an AI-generated John Lennon voice. This is John Lennon singing. It is just a cleaned-up version. They used a new technology to extract those three things. So if you play those existing things that they pulled out, so you've got John Lennon's voice, you've got the piano, you got the ambient noise in the room. If you combine all of those again, it sounds exactly like the original recording. So they did not use an AI to generate John Lennon's voice. They used the new system to extract and separate the sounds from each other, which again is going to do some great things for a lot of old rock and roll, a lot of old recordings that were done directly to tape where the mix wasn't quite so good. Maybe the piano was a little too loud, the vocal was a little too loud, whatever it is. They'll be able to make little tweaks, remix those things, bring them to life. And I think that's pretty cool. But that is not using an AI to recreate somebody's voice. That can be done. That wasn't what was done in this case. As always, I want to thank you for listening to the Random Thoughts podcast. Yes, including you, Bandrew Scott. I mentioned him earlier. I do that every now and then. I'm thinking that's a little weird. Everybody else is like, who's this Bandrew guy? And then it's really weird for Bandrew because he's just trying to listen to a podcast. And he's like, why are you talking to me? That's a little weird. He's going to think he's in some strange world where the voices in his head are specifically talking to him. And that may totally freak him out. But I was watching his Bandrew Says podcast earlier today, and he was talking about how he's a little uninspired when you do a podcast, when you do a weekly show of any sort or more. Sometimes it's hard to be inspired. Sometimes you're like, "Ah, I don't want to do a show. And I totally feel that every now and then. And I push myself through. And just as you said, Bandrew, that's what you have to do. And it feels better when you get through with it. Not every show is a home run. That's okay. All you can do is try to do better to provide more value. And that's how the value for value system works. These shows go out. They're not behind a paywall. Everybody listening gets to decide if they've gotten any value out of the show whatsoever. And if they decide they have, and we thank everybody who has, they get to decide what kind of value do you put on it? Is it equivalent of a Starbucks coffee? Five bucks. Is it equivalent to a small pizza? What is the small pizza running now? 10, 20 bucks. Is it equivalent to a nice big steak at a quality steakhouse? 50, 100 bucks. That's up to you. 
Put a number on it. You can go over to our website, Random Thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com slash donate. Click that donate button to do a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal. You can use the QR codes or the wallet addresses if you want to do the crypto thing. You can use the podcasting 2.0 ecosystem, newpodcastapps.com to send us some Satoshis. And you can use the P.O. Box address if you want to go the snail mail route. And if you're over on Patreon, just search for Random Thoughts over there. And they're all viable ways to get some funds back to us to keep the microphones running, the web servers up, everything sounding good. Today, nothing on PayPal, nothing on the P.O. Box. But all is not lost because our buddies, Dale Jr., and Harry Pilgrim were streaming some Satoshis as they listened to the show. It's a very viable way to go. If you're into the podcasting 2.0 thing, streaming some Satoshis every minute that you listen to a show, one lets me know people are actually listening to the show, which is an amazing thing, no matter what kind of Satoshis are coming in. But it is a great way to have a sustaining bit of value coming back in it is all very much appreciated anyway that you can support the show leaving a review telling a friend whatever it is i greatly appreciate it let them know random thoughts r-a-n-d-u-m-b thoughts.com it's the place you want to go if you want to know what's going on in the world without all of the talking points somebody posted in a loving way i mean just don't take me wrong on no agenda social after the last show where I talked about the Covenant School Shooters Manifesto, and I'm like, why those three pages? Somebody was like, well, why are you talking? Why are you giving the left's talking points about this? And I'm like, well, to be fair, I don't read the left's talking points. I was unaware that this was the left's talking points. It was just my thoughts upon what was going on. And I think that shows that I am not a right winger. I mean, I think if you've listened to the show, you certainly know I'm not a left winger, but I'm going to do my best in order to break down a story in the way that I think is accurate. Because anything else, you can go a lot of different places for propaganda. That's one thing I do not want this show to be is a propaganda show. If you ever think I'm getting into that range, let me know. Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L at X or at no agenda social or Darren at random thoughts.com. Reach out, say hello, and I will be back again next week for another edition of the Random Thoughts Podcast. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.